August for the Dixie Book of Days. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Dixie Book of Days by Page Andrews. August. Summer. A trembling haze hangs over all the fields. The panting cattle in the river stand seeking the coolness which its waves scarce yields. It seems a Sabbath through the drowsy land. So hushed is all beneath the summer's spell, I pause and listen for some faint church-bell. The leaves are motionless, the song-birds mute, the very air seems somnolent and sick. The spreading branches with o'er-ripened fruit show in the sunshine all their clusters thick, while now and then a mellow apple falls with a dull sound within the orchard's walls. The sky has but one solitary cloud, like a dark island in a sea of light. The parching furrows twixt the corn-rows ploughed seem fairly dancing in my dazzled sight, while over yonder road a dusty haze grows reddish-purple in the sultry blaze. James Barron Hope August 1st The Southampton insurrection, which occurred in August 1831, was one of those untoward incidents which so often marked the history of slavery. Under the leadership of one Nat Turner, a negro preacher of some education, who felt that he had been called of God to deliver his race from bondage, the negroes attacked the whites at night, and before the assault could be suppressed, fifty-seven whites, principally women and children, had been killed. This deplorable event assumed an even more portentous aspect when it was realized that the leader was a slave to whom the privilege of education had been accorded and that one of his lieutenants was a free negro. In addition, there existed a widespread belief among the whites that influences and instigations from without the state were responsible for the insurrection. Beverly B. Munford August 2nd But in addition to the Southampton massacre, and the failure of the legislature to enact any effective legislation, the contemporary rise of the abolitionists in the North came as an even more powerful factor to embarrass the efforts of the Virginia emancipators. Unlike the anti-slavery men of former years, this new school not only attacked the institution of slavery, but the morality of the slaveholders and their sympathizers. In their fierce arraignment, not only were the humane and considerate linked in infamy with the cruel and intolerant, but the whole population of the slaveholding states, their civilization and their morals were the object of unrelenting and incessant assaults. Beverly B. Munford August 3rd Resolved that secession from the United States government is the duty of every abolitionist, since no one can take office or deposit his vote under the Constitution without violating his anti-slavery principles, and rendering himself an abettor of the slaveholder in his sin. From Resolutions of the American Anti-Slavery Society August 4th His last campaign alone, even ending as it did in defeat, would have sufficed to fix him forever as a star of the first magnitude in the constellation of great captains. Though he succumbed at last to the policy of attrition, pursued by his patient and able antagonist, it was not until Grant had lost in the campaign over 124,000 men better armed and equipped, two men for every one that Lee had had in his army from the beginning of the campaign. Thomas Nelson Page 
Lee elected President of Washington College, 1865. August 5th. By the recognized universal public law of all the earth, war dissolves all political compacts. Our forefathers gave as one of their grounds for asserting their independence that the King of Great Britain had abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war upon us. The people and the government of the northern states of the late Union have acted in the same manner toward Missouri, and have dissolved by war the connection heretofore existing between her and them. Governor C. F. Jackson Governor Jackson declares Missouri out of the Union, 1861. August 6th. Very soon after, the Essex was seen approaching under full steam. Stevens, as humane as he was true and brave, finding that he could not bring a single gun to bear upon the coming foe, sent all his people over the bows ashore, remaining alone to set fire to his vessel. This he did so effectually that he had to jump from the stern into the river and save himself by swimming. And with colors flying, the gallant Arkansas, whose decks had never been pressed by the foot of an enemy, was blown into the air. Captain Isaac N. Brown The Arkansas, destroyed, 1862 Judah P. Benjamin, born, 1811 August 7th Oh, de cabin at de quarter in de old plantation days, with de garden patch behind it, and de goat vine by de dough, and de dooryard sot with roses, where de chillin runs and plays, and de streak o' sunshine, yallerlack, er slantin on de flow. But old Mars was killed at Shiloh, and young Mars at wilderness. Old Miss is in de graveyard, with young Miss by her side, and all er we all's family is scattered east and west, and de goat vine by de cabin dough, and de roses all has died. Mary Evelyn Moore Davis August 8th Here Carolina comes, her brave cheeks warm and wet with tears, to take in charge this dust, and brings her daughters to receive in form Virginia's sacred trust. James Barron Hope Monument erected to Ann Carter Lee, Warren County, North Carolina, said to be the first monument erected by Southern women, 1866. August ninth, All quiet along the Potomac, they say, except now and then a stray picket is shot as he walks on his beat, to and fro, by a rifleman hid in the thicket. Tis nothing. A private or two, now and then, will not count in the news of the battle. Not an officer lost, only one of the men, moaning out, all alone, the death-rattle. From all quiet along the Potomac to-night. This poem has been claimed by a Mississippian. It has also been claimed on behalf of a New York writer. But it now seems probable that the verses were originally written in camp by Thaddeus Oliver of Georgia in August 1861. Editor Francis Scott Key, born 1780. August 10th. To defend your birthright and mine, which is more precious than domestic ease or property or life, I exchange, with proud satisfaction, a term of six years in the Senate of the United States for the musket of a soldier. John C. Breckinridge. 
General Lyon killed and his army defeated by General Ben McCullough, at Wilson Creek, Missouri, 1861. August 11th. Against the night, a champion bright, the glow-worm lifts a spear of light, and, undismayed, the slenderest shade against the noonday bears a blade. John B. Tabb. Heroes. August 12th. I will say that I am not, nor ever have been, in favor of bringing about in any way the social and political equality of the white and black races that I am not, nor ever have been, in favor of making voters or jurors of negroes, nor of qualifying them to hold office, nor intermarry with white people. And I will say in addition to this that there is a physical difference between the white and black races, which I believe will forever forbid the two races living together on terms of social and political equality. And inasmuch as they cannot so live, while they do remain together, there must be the position of superior and inferior, and I, as much as any other man, am in favor of having the superior position assigned to the white race. Abraham Lincoln The Mississippi Constitutional Convention meets in Jackson, 1890, principally for the purpose of restricting suffrage. August 13th Virginia, mother of states and statesmen, as she used to be called, has contributed many men of worth to the multitude that America can number. All her sons have loved her well, while many have reflected great honor on her. But of them all, none has known how to draw her portrait, like that one who years ago, under the mild voice and quiet exterior of state librarian and occasional contributor to the periodical press, hid the soul of a man of letters and an artist. Thomas Nelson Page George W. Bagby, born 1828 August 14th Look, out of line one tall corn-captain stands advanced beyond the foremost of his bands, and waves his blades upon the very edge and hottest thicket of the battling hedge. Thou lustrous stalk, that ne'er may walk nor talk, still shalt thou type the poet's soul sublime, that leads the vanward of his timid time, and sings up cowards with commanding rhyme. Sidney Lanier Corn August 15th In the hush of the valley of silence I dream all the songs that I sing, and the music floats down the dim valley till each finds a word for a wing, that to hearts, like the dove of the deluge, a message of peace they may bring. Abram J. Ryan Abram J. Ryan, born 1839 August 16th Freighted with fruits, a flush with flowers, oblations to offended powers, what fairy-like flotillas gleam at night on Brahma's sacred stream, what lambent light those lanterns gave, what opalescent mazes played reduplicated on the wave, while to and fro, like censers swayed, they made it luminous to glass their fleeting splendors ere they pass. Theophilus Hunter Hill A Ganges Dream Battle of Camden, South Carolina, 1780 August 17th 
My judgments were never appealed from, and if they had been they would have stuck like wax as I gave my decisions on the principles of common justice and honesty between man and man, and relied not on law-learning, for I have never read a page in a law-book in my life. David Crockett David Crockett, born 1786 August 18th like a mist of the sea at morn it comes gliding among the fisher homes the vision of a woman fair and every eye beholds her there above the topmost dune with fluttering robe and streaming hair seaward gazing in dumb despair like one who begs of the waves a boon benjamin sled the wraith of roanoke virginia dare the first child born in america of english parentage 1587. August 19th. Hast thou perchance repented, Saracen son? Wilt warm the world with peace and love desire? Or wilt thou, ere this very day be done, blaze Saladin still with unforgiving fire? Sidney Lanier, A Sunrise Song. August 20th. Well, says Uncle Remus. De old man make umble apology ter de boy, but howsomever he can't keep from rubbin' hisself in de neighborhood er de coat-tails, where she spank him. I been livin' round here a mighty long time, but I ain't never see no apology what was poultice or plaster nuff to swage or swellin' or core a bruise. Now you just keep dat in mind, and get sorry, for you hurt anybody. Joel Chandler Harris August 21st The Radicals and Negroes had in the summer of 1867 refused to cooperate with the representative white citizens in restoring political and social order. The election of delegates to the Constitutional Convention was held in October 1867. About 94,000 Negroes voted. The radical majority included five foreign-born, twenty-five Negroes, twenty-eight Northerners, and fourteen Virginians. Never before in the history of the state had Negroes sat in a law-making body. The former political leaders were absent. The state had been revolutionized. John Preston McConnell, Reconstruction in Virginia August 22nd the moon has climbed her starry dome, that taper gleams no more. Delicious visions wait me home, delicious dreams of yore. Old waves of thought voluptuous swell, and rainbows spread amid the spell arcades of love and light. Oh, what were slumber's drowsy kiss to golden visions such as this through all the wakeful night? Joseph Salyards Idathia Idol Three. August 23rd. Evolution. Out of the dark a shadow, then a spark. Out of the cloud a silence, then a lark. Out of the heart a rapture, then a pain. Out of the dead cold ashes, life again. John B. Tabb. August 24th. I have led the young men of the South in battle. I have seen many of them fall under my standard. I shall devote my life now to training young men to do their duty in life. 
Robert E. Lee generally accepts the presidency of washington college eighteen sixty five august twenty fifth balm after the sun the shade beatitude of shadow dim aisles for memory made and thought after the sun the shade after the heat the dew the tender touch of twilight the unfolding of the few calm stars after the heat the dew Virginia Woodward Cloud August 26th I have come to you from the West, where we have always seen the backs of our enemies, from an army whose business it has been to seek the adversary, and beat him when found, whose policy has been attack and not defense. I presume that I have been called here to pursue the same system. It is my purpose to do so, and that speedily. Meanwhile, I desire you to dismiss from your minds certain phrases which I am sorry to find much in vogue amongst you. I hear constantly of taking strong positions and holding them, of lines of retreat and of bases of supplies. Let us discard such ideas. Let us study the probable line of our opponents, and leave our own to take care of themselves. General John Pope, USA Before Campaign in Virginia August 27th. Although a youth of only twenty-six years, he achieved, by his consummate tact and extraordinary abilities, what the powerful influence of Franklin failed to effect. Elkanah Watson, New York. I knew him well, and he had not a fault that I could discover, unless it were an intrepidity bordering on rashness. George Washington. John Lawrence dies, 1782. August 28th. Stonewall Jackson's men helped themselves to Pope's supplies, 1862. Weak and haggard from their diet of green corn and apples, one can well imagine with what surprise their eyes opened upon the contents of the sutler's stores, containing an amount and variety of property such as they had never conceived. Then came a storming charge of men rushing in a tumultuous mob, over each other's heads, under each other's feet, anywhere, everywhere, to satisfy a craving stronger than a yearning for fame. There were no laggards in that charge. Men, ragged and famished, clutched tenaciously at whatever came in their way, and whether of clothing or food, of luxury or necessity. A long, yellow-haired, barefooted son of the South claimed as prizes a toothbrush a box of candles, a barrel of coffee. From piles of new clothing the Southerners arrayed themselves in the blue uniforms of the Federals. The naked were clad, the barefooted were shod, and the sick provided with luxuries to which they had long been strangers. George H. Gordon, USA August 29th Dr. McGuire, fresh from the ghastly spectacle of the silent battlefield, said, General, this day has been won by nothing but stark and stern fighting. No, replied Jackson very quietly, it has been won by nothing but the blessing and protection of Providence. Lieutenant Colonel G. F. R. Henderson, C.B. August 30th 
In the rapidity with which the opportunity was seized, in the combination of the three arms, and in the vigour of the blow, Manassas is in no way inferior to Austerlitz or Salamanca. That the result was less decisive was due to the greater difficulties of the battlefield, to the stubborn resistance of the enemy, to the obstacles in the way of rapid and connected movement, and to the inexperience of the troops. Lieutenant Colonel G. F. R. Henderson, C.B. Second Battle of Manassas, 1862 August 31st. My deep wound burns. My pale lips quake in death. I feel my fainting heart resign its strife, and reaching now the limit of my life. Lord, to thy will I yield my parting breath. Yet many a dream hath charmed my youthful eye, and must life's visions all depart? Oh, surely no, for all that fired my heart to rapture here shall live with me on high and that fair form that won my earliest vow, that my young spirit prized all else above, and now adored as freedom, now as love, stands in seraphic guise before me now. And as my failing senses fade away, it beckons me on high, to realms of endless day. Sonnet composed by John Lawrence, as he lay dying of wounds and fever incurred in a campaign against the British in South Carolina. Editor. End of August. Recording by Bill Borst.